0: G'day, I'm Morgan Evans, and welcome to Selkirk OnServe, a Pickleball podcast presented by Selkirk Sport. With interviews and insights, news and announcements, we're here to take the pulse of Pickleball. You know the deal, folks. If you like this podcast series, please take a moment to rate us and review us, kindly, ideally, please, so we can continue to promote the sport of Pickleball to a widespread audience. My guest today is a good friend, a great man, a professional pickleball player, he's a keynote speaker, a corporate comedian, yep, he's a corporate comedian, that's a real thing, and I tell you, he's very, very good at it, I've watched some of his stuff, he's a funny dude. He's also the senior vice president for the global ad agency, We Are Alexander. It's my privilege to welcome Mr. Dave Fleming.
1: Thanks for having me, Morgan. I look forward to chatting with you this morning. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Pleasure to have you, mate. Right off the bat, I have—I've uh, read that Billie Jean King once said, "He's going to make it in life somehow, some way." Tell me, have you done that?
1: You know, I—I have had a blessed life uh, to date, um, from having just an incredible family to getting to play a sport professionally, where where did that come from? And I'm sure we'll talk a lot about that. Uh, but as a little 10-year-old Sparky, I got to play about 10 minutes of tennis with Billie Jean King, and I never forget that she said that in the paper the next morning. And the interesting part about that story is there were a lot of kids at the uh, clinic that day, so how did they know that it was me? Well. Anyone that's watched me play pickleball knows that I only play in black and gold. And on that very day, I was wearing a Pittsburgh Pirates hat in black and gold. And there was no question when she referred to that little guy on the court that it was me. And, uh, you know, I certainly haven't made it all the way, but uh, every day I'm trying to get better. And I have an unbelievable family that supports me in everything
0: I do. It seems like you're on the right track for sure. However, that said uh, CBS News has has dubbed you the number two corporate comedian in the United States. What's happening? Who is number one and uh, how can we get you over the line?
1: I thought <laughs> it just been a little funnier. I know. <laughs> darn it. Uh, um, yeah, no, that was uh, really cool. Uh, they looked at uh, a bunch of uh, corporate comedians across the country, just videos that various people posted online, and I lost to a freaking guy that does comedy on PowerPoint. I lost oh. to a guy that does PowerPoint, Morgan.
0: You never but, live uh, that down.
1: No, I won't. You know, it was nice to be on the podium, but dang, <laughs> I wanted to be on the top.
0: Yes, uh, when a Microsoft app has uh, has beaten you for top spot. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I'll never forget. Yep, well that's I'll,
0: true I'll have to talk to the Barnes brothers about this and see if they're aware of the situation <laughs> So tell how did you get into corporate comedy this this is something that I, I honestly I didn't really know existed as a, as a genre um, but this man versus office corporate comedy show you've got going on I, I, uh, I did actually have a look at some of it and I love the bit you do about the uh, the conference call phone and the uh, the recall email. Um, how did you get into that?
1: Yeah, the uh, this this will be a little bit long, winded answer, but it uh, will pay off the the question. Uh, for ever since high school, I have always been asked to do the big presentation in front of the crowd and. In high school, they wanted me to be David Letterman And when we inducted National Honor Society people. In earlier jobs in my life, I was always asked to be in front of big presentations, big meetings. I'm 5'8", 160, they wanted me to be Santa. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So I said, you know what, I, I want to get paid to so how the heck do I do that? And um, when, you, when you look at what comedy is and what my background is, which my degree is in marketing, they're very similar. You're looking at insights about human behavior, and in comedy you twist them or exaggerate them to find the humor. And for someone that has lived the cubicle life most of my career where all the comedy was right there in front of me, So then it was just a matter of finding what I really thought was funny, writing it down every day, and then just working my butt off to get it right. And uh, so I would be director of marketing for Dr. Pepper, which was my job, all day. And then I would go down to the comedy club in Dallas and... I would go 43rd out of 45 horrendous comedians on open mic night, and I would get my two minutes of time, and I was terrible, and everyone before me was terrible, but you've got to get the rhythm of the conversation that it is that is comedy, and the audience does play a role. Their laughter is their part of the conversation, and so I just worked it and worked it and worked it, and then the comedy club owner, it was one of the coolest days of my life, said, hey, you're pretty good. You should come on Friday, and Friday and Saturday are obviously when they make their money. So um, my wow. stuff was different. It was unique. Uh, it was a, It was a clientele that they wanted, and you referenced a couple of the things. I mean, I think the big thing with comedy is, does someone have the ability to recognize the situation you're putting yourself in? And anyone that's uh, hung their home sweet home sign on a cubicle knows exactly what I'm talking about when I'm making fun of conference calls and emails. (laughs) And I basically ended up turning that two minute, uh, horrible start into a 80 minute one man show that I've probably performed well over a hundred times and it's been a blast to do it.
0: Wow, that's uh, yeah, I think public speaking for most people is you know, their number one fear. For me it's, it's sharks with lasers obviously, um, <laughs> but you know the bravery required to do what you do. Uh, I was hoping for a, a few licks the other day um, when you're up on stage in, uh, at the Texas Open uh, player party. At, that time, I, at the time, I didn't realize um, the MC was serious, that you were a, a comedian, um, but you know, I've, you've always had that look about you, and I've heard that uh, you're the, the Jerry Seinfeld of Office Comedy. Were you a big Seinfeld fan?
1: Yeah, that was one of the best compliments. I can't remember where that reporter came from, but came to my show and then saw that in a review the next day, and I was out of my mind. Uh, I've I've studied the way Jerry prepares jokes and every word that's so critical to what, uh, what he does. I've seen every episode numerous times. I've uh, seen him in person several times, and probably the coolest accidental interaction with Jerry is I was actually at the US Open tennis tournament uh, with my wife, and we went uh, on a on on the morning before going to the night matches uh, over to the Statue of Liberty. And Jerry was actually filming a commercial in uh, the Battery Park area right there. And uh, so I have waved at Jerry, and Jerry has waved back, and I know he batted his eyes at me, and I did in return. So uh,
0: there you go. Wow, a budding a budding bromance, I'd say. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, that's incredible. So that that alone would uh, separate you from the masses, I'm sure. Do you have a good uh, Newman for us? Hello, oh Newman. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'll I'll give it to you. That's the best so far. Um, I haven't had I haven't had <laughs> the Newmans on yet. One out of but... one,
1: yes, I'm the winner.
0: <laughs> okay, now um, you've been on Shark Tank. Well, you you applied you. You went on you had something you thought the world needed. Tell me what was it that you were pitching to uh to Shark Tank? How did it go down?
1: Yeah, the um this came from a very personal space and I think uh you know like the comedy is very personal the uh the Shark Tank experience became something that was very personal um we had a situation when one of my daughters became uh, very sick, uh, very unexpectedly, and we needed to figure out what hospital we could even go to that was in our plan that was going to help us meet a deductible and not end up with some, you know, six figure medical expense. And it was incredibly stressful and difficult. And I was like, no one understands their benefits no one understands any of that part of their life and I said there's gotta be a better way to do this and so I wrote comedy against uh, how to understand your benefits so instead of getting the ridiculous 400 page packet or some four-point type email that has all the details I wrote comedy against it and actually shot it um, very much like, uh, uh, Saturday Night Live does their weekend update with a graphic over my shoulder and, and just making fun of, but you're learning about your benefits. And, uh, the first, the first, uh, round of that was well received, but, uh, the producers didn't think I had a mass enough following of a, of an option to get to the show itself, but it was, uh, an unbelievable experience being able to have to break down your ideas and your thoughts into literally a five minute pitch to somebody with an opportunity. I don't know how many rounds were after that, but it was, it was a fun process and it, it sort of, uh, underscores back to the Billy Jean King thing. If, if I see something, I typically go for it and you know, you're not going to always make it, but, uh, you know shark tank was was in town and i said i'm freaking going for it That's so funny. i did didn't make it over the
0: over the line but it was a great experience good man you got to take those shots when you can right absolutely and it sounds like uh <laughs> yeah i think if, if the pickleball community knew you uh i'm sure they would have rallied around and got you on the show <laughs> well i appreciate that <laughs> uh so you got into pickleball how long ago
1: a uh, little over two, probably about two and a half years ago now.
0: Oh, it seems like you've been a, a veteran for, for years and years. <laughs> um,
1: and it it was, it was the wild start. We all have the story. I'll happily share mine. Um, I had not heard of it. Uh, one of the guys on my 5 tennis team here in Dallas, uh, his wife ran the rec center at their church. She said, You guys should come try pickleball. I said, What the heck did you just say? I have no idea. I said, Okay, we, we went and played. So we had four or five of tennis players who had never played before, who were serving and volleying, closing the net, standing in the kitchen, <laughs> uh, had no idea what any of the rules were, but we had a blast. And uh, then we we learned the finer points of just the basic rules and why on earth are there three numbers in the score and all the great things that you learn as you're starting out and you know laughter is such a big part of my life and when we left that day even though we didn't know what the heck we were doing we had been laughing and playing for an hour and a half or two hours of this thing we'd never done before and you know we all talk about how pickleball is addicting well it was addicting at the gate for me and uh, and now it's it's the most incredible privilege and part of my life uh, that I could have never seen coming, but uh, that first day I'll never forget.
0: Yeah, it's it's a, a not dissimilar story to, to many a, a player before you. Um, I think no one obviously, no one's going to ever really figure out what the whole three number thing is. It does seem like it's um, a little crazy, but that looks like they're running with it. So don't feel bad about that. Um, usually, there's a ref for you, so you should be fine. Okay. <laughs> the Texas Open. You had some fantastic wins. Uh, you and Steve Dawson managed to beat uh, Scott Moore and Steve Cole. That's a big one. How had uh, that match go down? Was it everything you ever dreamed of?
1: It was. Uh, yes. Uh, I mean. When you're playing top-level, obviously, um, opponent like that, every point is is battled to, to the finish. The match went three really tight games. And we actually, uh, it was my birthday weekend, playing on my home courts. Uh, the pickleball gods were looking down on me because at 10-9-2, we got a net cord rollover winner t- to win it that was unreturnable. So, uh, oh, um, nice. somebody, somebody wanted us to win that one, and uh, <laughs> that was that was fun to get out the door with that.
0: Well, I was actually that someone, so thank you, Morgan. <laughs> um, and also, you uh, you had a good win over Mr. Moore again with uh, who was playing with Lisa Naumu. You were playing with Helen Wilhelm. I actually got a, a chance to watch that one. Do you have a signature shot? That's what I what I need to know. Is there something um, that we can really label as yours? And can we call it call it the uh, the full flamingo,
1: or flamingo? <laughs> call it. the full flamingo. I like that, Morgan, a lot. I mean, I think you know the a lot of people have asked me about the tennis to pickleball transition, and when I first started, I was told do not hit a two-handed backhand. Uh, pickleball's played in front of you, you should you should not hit a two-handed backhand. And I've hit a two-handed backhand back to the Billie Jean King, and even before that one as a five-year-old little 40-pound guy using a racquetball racket to play tennis because I couldn't swing the tennis racket. And uh, so I've hit a two-handed backhand for 45 years, and... I did not take that piece of advice, and I think that's what's cool about pickleball. There's so many styles, and now, uh, I sort of was one of the first senior men to really hit a two-handed backhand a lot. Uh, lots of lots of the women pros, a lot of the younger pros are hitting it, but uh, my two-handed backhand would definitely be the full flamingo, because it's a shot I can hit with disguise, with with uh power with finesse cut it uh dink with it i use it all all the time and it's a ball that pickleball you like to get the ball out in front but i can let it travel and then hit it in different spots that people aren't expecting so um hit that two-handed backhand people it's 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 a fun fun shot especially if you came from tennis and it was part of your game
0: yeah for sure i'm uh, slowly but surely implementing it into my game i love it and um, I think the idea that it's not for, well, not for guys at least, but not for anybody in pickleball um, I think it's slowly fading we've got Ben Johns using it, obviously a lot of the uh, top women use uh, two-handed backhands Um, just a matter of time before people kind of really see the benefits of that other hand getting involved I like like being able to manipulate the shot with the left hand and, and create some different angles that perhaps are not Uh, readable by the opponents, and I'm I'm glad you're on board, mate. Good to have you.
1: Good to have you coming on board, (laughs) buddy.
0: Well, yeah, I guess you probably did it before me, didn't you? (laughs) So, um, changing subject just slightly, I have read that you're a uh, a fan of the legendary movie Pitch Perfect 2. Uh, is Is that really the case?
1: uh that is uh i'm sure i don't know who fed you that fact uh
0: it's on your facebook
1: yes uh the (laughs) uh you know i love i love the kids uh going harmonizing sure uh (laughs) but uh i would be more of a princess bride guy than a pitch perfect guy for sure are you
0: serious Uh, oh totally that's in my top three movies all time. Oh. I would have watched that movie probably one hundred and thirty times. I'm I'm not afraid to admit it.
1: I'm not afraid to be right there with you. Inconce- good man,
0: good man. God, I just wanted him to find that six fingered man that killed his father, killed his father, so badly. You know, Andre yeah, the no. Giant was one of the most legendary alcoholics in the history. He used to go to uh, go to dinners with with 20 to 30 people buy everyone food and drinks and uh, usually well, I've already had a bottle of whiskey before he had um, before he'd arrived oh, he's a hero he's a yeah, hero yeah yeah look gone but not forgotten absolutely <laughs> so w- in, given your your love for Pitch Perfect 2 would you say that Rebel Wilson is uh, at least in your top 5 favourite plus size female <laughs> Australian comedian Actresses.
1: I mean, how can I respond to an Australian and not say yes to that question? Yeah, I mean, so, she uh,
0: she owns that that whole area. There really. you go. Know. She's she's number one, Morgan. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Well as you, yeah, I'm sure you know, Pitch Perfect Four is in the works, so we're all very excited. Thank good uh, to to see that. I do feel like they didn't give themselves a lot of wiggle room with the uh, the naming of the very first movie. <laughs> if it was you know something. Uh, reasonable pitch on the higher notes, then, you know, you got a lot more breathing room to really nail the second, third, and fourth movie, I think. But, what do I know? Huh?
1: They hemmed themselves in, you're right. <laughs>
0: it's true, it's true. <laughs> so you live near the uh, the DFW Metroplex, a vibrant sports marketplace. Do you think pickleball's really going to gain momentum and um, even more popularity in the region, or is it kind of dwindling?
1: Oh, no. I think, you know, what's exciting is everywhere I go, I travel for work or to play. You can just see the sport building momentum everywhere. And here we need, uh, you know, we're, we're getting courts. I mean, courts breed players. And having had, as you mentioned, the Texas Open, the uh, – uh, the opportunity for a bunch of people in this community to see the best players in the world right in their backyard and to see the level that pickleball can be and the athleticism of the incredible players and the strategy and so forth. So uh, there are a lot of initiatives happening now. We have incredible ambassadors in town. Uh, We had the signature tournament this weekend. So I don't think DFW is different than many uh, cities like Dallas in that the, the it's gonna take one city councilman or one uh, effort with ambassadors and someone that plays that's sort of the tipping point. And once that gets going, it's gonna be uh, a landslide because there's so many athletes. Tennis is very vibrant here in Dallas. And as more people like myself and others make that transition, from tennis to pickleball, I think it will only continue to grow, and I'm excited to be a part of
0: that. Good man, you're a a trailblazer in the region, I'm sure. Trying to be. (laughs) Um, Now, so just getting back briefly to the comedic act that you do, what would you tell your listeners uh, that perhaps might take things a little too seriously, whether it be in business or in the pickleball court? You seem like someone who keeps it light, knows how to find that 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 line between uh, enjoying the game and being, you know, competitive enough to be one of the um, the top pickleball pros in the world. What would you say?
1: You know, I think there's a lot of parallels between comedy and and pickleball in that uh, when I'm performing, the you have to count on yourself and if the joke isn't funny that night with that audience for whatever reason, there's always the next one. And it all comes back to did you prepare or did you do everything in your power leading up to a particular performance, whether it's you're going out just to play rec or you're playing in a big tournament like we talked about with the Texas Open this weekend. And so the, 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 the approach I take is, you know what? I want to win more than anybody else, but I also want to have fun while I'm doing it. And I think, you know, the, the persona I always try to have on the court is um, if, if my opponent says nice, uh, hits a nice shot, I'm going to tell him nice shot. If, if my partner does something amazing, I'm going to run over and, and high five them. And I think if you take the, the, the bad moments and just take a deep breath and move on and then celebrate the good ones in the middle of it, your experience will be better. I mean, that's what's awesome about pickleball. There's always going to be another point, and um, there's always going to be another match. And I try to learn from where I missed before. But I, you know, it's it's funny when the ball hits the net and and rolls over. And since we're so close, we all get hit with the ball. And it's funny when someone screams "body bag" from the from the from the crowd. I think it's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> you know. So. It's it's what it's you know back to what we talked about before. I love this freaking sport because it's 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 fun, it's competitive and yes, we take it seriously but not to the death. It's we you know we we enjoy the heck out of it and when we're done, we you know tip a beer back as we did this weekend. So, you know, it's it's what I think is really cool about it. So, I say, you know, try and find the humor in it i think most people are because when i go to a pickleball place no matter where i am across the country
0: people are laughing and i think that's awesome mm, that's great good advice for everybody out there you excited to head back to uh indian wells Tennis garden
1: oh my gosh yes you know the walking out there last year for nationals um it was It was surreal, because I've been to the tennis tournament there, and to know that I was playing on those courts, and uh, the setting, for those of you that haven't been there, go to this tournament this year, the first week of November. You're looking at some of the most gorgeous mountain formations. Uh, The weather is perfect. The courts look beautiful. All the crowds are amazing. The competition is great. I just felt like I am going to play awesome because of all of that. And, and, and it was, you know, I got to play on stadium court with my name on the scoreboard and played really well in that match. And it's, as I said before, this whole thing's surreal two and a half years ago, I didn't even know what pickleball was. And now I'm playing on a stadium court at Indian Wells. What, (laughs) you know, so, you know, those, that tournament is, something back to preparing with comedy. I mean, my month of October is those uh, going to open mic night, only very different in that I'm going to be practicing specific shots, not specific jokes. And that's what's been really cool for me is comedy and pickleball, while they appear to be very different, are actually not that different in the preparation. And uh, I don't know if that makes me Better qualified to practice, but it certainly has been in my DNA for a long time.
0: Yeah, I think almost regardless of of what it is that you do that is great, and this is you know everybody and anybody and everybody that that is listening. um, I think if you if you can figure out that what made you as good as you are at whether your job or your passion or um, anything that's you've put. the most amount of hours, the most amount of energy, um, thought and passion into, and you just decide right off the bat that if you're in pickleball, then that's what you've got to do um, to expect to have the same success, like you've done in comedy, you, you've you recognized how uh, how much time and effort you needed to put in, the 10,000 hour rule is, I think, is not far away from um, something that's going to be required for pickleball, you know, they they say the three most difficult sports to to make it as a professional are golf, tennis, and polo. Believe it or not, um, where you know no one gets from zero to hero without without at least that ten thousand hours. Um, pickleball, I think you know enough people can piggyback with fantastic tennis backgrounds um, and or you know, ping pong, badminton. Um, so on and so forth, but I think we're not too far away from the sport being so specialized, um, especially you know, but the kitchen there, that uh, we're not going to be able to skate by on on just great racket sport backgrounds. Do you think um, you think we're far off?
1: No, I think what you said is spot on. I mean, the 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 equalizer in the sport is the kitchen and how to perform at that line and. Uh, you know the best players are the ones that can get there and win from there, and have the variety of shots and ability to do that. And uh, as more people come into this sport, the ability to differentiate yourself in that area is going to uh, change by degrees that we may not have even seen yet. And uh, the 10,000-hour rule is exactly right. And 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 that's not just the Shot making ability, but also the mental uh, ability to be able to stand in there and 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 hit the shots and and believe in the practice and the preparation that you had uh, going into it. So you know the I, the people I see doing well are the people that grind off the court. That uh, is is happening when there isn't a crowd and there aren't. Uh, facebook and skype and everything else uh, videos going Mm. out to the the pickleball community who's dying to watch videos that's when it's 90 degrees and you're hitting your 349th cross-court backhand dink because you need to
0: (laughs) it's the blood sweat and tears that no one sees right yep and i would pay for 90 degrees right now it's still still it's going to be 104 or something in the desert today but it's dry heat so that's okay Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, that's Dave Fleming, corporate executive, corporate comedian and most importantly, a professional pickleball player.